Welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast. My name's Imran, TJ Sutherland, Dan Colacott, with new episodes released on the first and third Mondays of the month. Catch Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast at foreverinelectricdreams.com. Welcome to the Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast. In this episode, we will be talking about the death of the great British sitcom. But before we get to that, I want to introduce first our very own feline comedy sci-fi legend. He's definitely one of the boys from The Dwarf. It's TJ, the cat, Sutherland. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering where you were going with that, but I'll take it. I'm happy with that. Nice. And, oh baby, we have an extra special surprise guest. He's got more funny bones than the last of the Summer Wine Cemetery plot. He's the Charles Hawtrey of podcasts, Mr. Stuart Rodders Giblin. Oh, what can I say, Dan? That's the best introduction I've ever had. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're most welcome. So, right. This week's... God, that was quite a big intro. Um, this week's episode, we are examining whether the big five... UK TV channels have got so obsessed with panel shows, celebrity reality TV and format quizzes that they have sacrificed sitcoms altogether. So this whole episode, I'm going to be basically staging a fight for the very existence of the British sitcom. So... Going over to Mr. TJ Sutherland to start off with, um, can I get your take on whether you agree with me? Do you think that uh, the great British sitcom has died or is dying? Do you think that celebrity panel shows, uh, well, celebrity panel shows funded by comedians, should I say, and other Mm -hmm. kind of quiz formats are suffocating the very life out of our great nation's uh, comedy talent. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it's kind of plain to see that there's definitely been a huge shift um, towards your, like you say, your panel shows, towards reality TV shows, kind of, you know, the celebrity love islands of the world, all that kind of stuff. That's probably not a show, but you know, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> is there? But, is there yeah, a yeah, <laughs> it probably shouldn't. There definitely should not be a celebrity love island. Um, but yeah, there's definitely been a big shift. I mean, I think it feels like I, I, I do. I've been thinking about this actually since you proposed it as a as a topic, and um, you know, it feels like it's a bit of a might be a bit of a cyclical thing, whereby you know. If you go through like the seventies, eighties, there was the, the big boom of the, the British sitcom, and there were just there were millions on TV, and that was what was dominating, um, dominating the airwaves. And like you say, the, they've kind of died down. They've not completely died, I don't think. Um, you know, there's still some good stuff out there, but it's not as front and center as as it used to be. You know, there's no, I don't think there's one on prime time on a prime time slot on an, any of the big f- five channels outside of. Sorry, I'm gonna have to say it, Mrs. Brown's boys. <laughs> just we really love that show. But even um, that one, even that one, I just, um, I think, and Stu, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think they're making wrong. 
new series of Mrs. Brown's Boys. In fact, I think... Oh, the, God. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think the actual last active sitcom that, um, that's, that's been on the BBC uh, was... On main BBC, you mean? Yeah. On like BBC One BBC, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, was not going out. Um, oh, wow. I can't remember anything that's run alongside that. Or hmm. anything recent, but um, Stu, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, Sorry, you're, mean, you're, you're, yeah, you asked, yeah. yeah, you asked me about Mrs. Brown's Boys as you know, um, as if I'm a, an expert on that particular show. But I, I must say, I'm, I, I, I can't, I can't actually bring myself one fan. to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not going out. Yes, I mean it's had its ups and downs, but um, I think generally speaking, it's a good show. But I cannot watch Mrs. Brown's Boys. I, it, it's never really struck a chord with me so I've no idea if it's coming back I hope not as much as I don't want to turn this into a, 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 an hour of slagging off Mrs Brown's boys it's I I don't think I've met I mean it's obviously it was obviously doing good viewing figures but mm-hmm. and I guess not meant for my or my friend's demographic but I struggle to find or talk to a single person that rated that show in any way shape or form like I guess I don't know. There's a there's a there's a batch of people in the in the UK that obviously loved it, but it, it's yeah, mums and struggled. dads though, isn't it? I think it, it's. I guess yeah. it seems to be a few, you know, one generation above ours that that seems. It to feels like, like a thro- it felt like a throwback show as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it very much that's what it was, right? Like yeah. the show that I uh, that used to be on TV when I was a kid that I at the time would go, what the is that? But um, yeah, very it's weird. It's interesting though because it's it's. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of innuendo in it, but it's quite crude. But it does seem to appeal to older people, doesn't it? It's interesting. Perhaps it's the, yeah. the double entendre and all that stuff. But yeah, uh, I think my mum. I think it is. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. It's it's you know it's a generational thing. It's a throwback to. You know, when our parents would, you know, watch like the old school British sitcoms, it's, mm. yeah. So I guess it's just that, oh, yeah, I remember when comedy used to be like this. And, mm. uh, yeah, it's just tapped into that demographic, I guess. But interestingly, don't, don't you think not going out also ticks those boxes as well? You know, it's very old school. But for some reason, I like that. <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's de- there's definitely something to be said for a kind of older school vibe, but mm. yeah, I don't know about that one. Uh, Mr. Brown's Boys, I mean, not not. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's well, it's weird. Well, not going out. I, I think it, that was quite interesting because it was originally it was a um, it was more of a vehicle for a number of kind of comedians who were sort of fairly big in stand up at the time it started. And then it kind of transitioned into a family sitcom because suddenly in the last, I don't know, two or three seasons, uh, there was a gap mm. where they spawned children and it became... <laughs> spawned children. <laughs> yeah. Well, you didn't, you know... That... Oh, is that how it happens? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone misinformed me all this time. I'm not aware that that's what the procedure is called. Well, I I've think there was, there was... I've spawned three of them in, in, in real life. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I that's just never knew that was happening. <laughs> 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 well, 
But yeah, I mean, I think there was a gap. I remember them getting together. There was a lot of, you know, the whole two sort of flatmates mm-hmm. kind of getting together, the odd couple type dynamic. Um, and then there was a gap and where just after they got married and then when they came back, uh, for instance, Tim Vine left, who was obviously uh, one of the main kind of stars yeah. of it. And then the next thing, they had um, three grown-up kids or two grown-up kids. I can't yeah, remember. they moved it forward, didn't mm-hmm. they? The timeline. Yeah, that's right. I've not enjoyed it as much, actually, since they did that. And, um, of course, Miranda was in the original series, wasn't she, as well? She, she was, was yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was, yeah. But um, so, so Stu, what what are your feelings about uh, comedian comedians um, being misused, or I don't know, wasting their talent on endless kind of panel shows and quizzes? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I agree as well. You know, there, there seems to be less and less sitcoms coming through, being commissioned, and more and more reality. You know, is the flip side of that. Yeah, I think it really hurt home actually when I remember like, you know, channel hopping and coming across is it ITVB, you know, the reality dedicated Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, I think that's where they have like Love Island and that stuff now. Yeah, yeah. I mean I I it's it, you know, it's a genre that is definitely here to stay. Um I don't know about wasted though, because I, I must be honest, I I think it's a shame, but I I I will say this, I, I do quite like panel shows as well. It's just a real shame that there's not enough scheduling for them both to sort of, you know, live side by side, you know, in a harmonious you way. That's going to hunt you down now. <laughs> is that, I well, think that's what I call mean... sitting, sitting on the fence, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, well, things think... like, you know, uh, eight out of ten cats, you know, I mean, I'll sit and watch that happily. Um, hmm. You know, if that does that fall into that category? you're talking about yeah i mean it does but i think yeah i think to to try and uh meet you halfway stew um i was always a big fan of have i got news for you never mind Mm. the buzzcocks eight out of ten cats i think you know those those had a place within tv schedules you know there was nothing wrong with them but it feels like they've got i don't know they're they they've taken those formats and just kicked the living tits out of them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you, you've you've got eight out of ten cats does countdown which I can't stand. Oh, I really? just don't I don't get I didn't like countdown. I don't putting celebrities in it or comedians mm-hmm. in it doesn't make it any better. Um, yeah, but they're funny. <laughs> yeah, but that I think <laughs> I think that's the thing. It's like yes, they're funny, but that, why do they need? to be in that format. I mean, even, um, I think... Making, one... making spelling and, and, and uh, maths funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... Throw comedy in there and everyone wants to watch it. I mean, would I lie to you? Um, again, I think that started off perfectly fine. I mean, I love Rob Brydon, um, but it just got to the point where... I mean, even, even now, they're not even making new episodes of it. They, they do best of so every episode mm-hmm. is like a best of so it's like mm-hmm. you're seeing the best of a, a quiz you've already seen which is and you, i'm just like what, why am i watching this it's like i i saw the original version of this one when it ran of that episode and now i'm mm-hmm. seeing the best of that episode in a series of clips 
And it's just, it's just like they, they can't even be bothered to try anymore. They're just like, oh, you know, the, the audience will lap it up. Let's just put this crap on again. And, and I think it's even worse when you get things like, have you watched um, League of Their Own? Yes, yes. I, a little bit, James yeah. Corden and um, Freddie Flintoff, Jamie Redknapp. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly that. Stu, is that that one you've watched? Uh, a little bit, yeah, not not massively. Yeah. So I know, to be fair, this is it's a Sky One show, so we are focusing on terrestrial TV. So I am mm. cheating a bit, but I kind of wanted to highlight that format because it's kind of the whole point is they take a load of celebrities and comedians, specifically comedians, who are ill-equipped to do something and make them do it for fun. Like like Rob uh, Robesh versus, who's the other guy? The guy who looks like a horse with massive teeth. Oh, oh yeah, the blonde guy. Um, I know who you mean. I can see his little round face. Oh, what's his name? Uh, I know who you mean. Carry on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rob, Rob Beckett. Thought... Rob, Rob Beckett. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, my brain caught up eventually. Ding, ding. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, him. So, <laughs> so, so those two seem to do, and they have endless shows where they go, oh, I know. Well, why don't we go somewhere and do something really ridiculous that we are completely physically and mentally incapable of doing, and it'll be funny. <laughs> Like, they did a show, know, didn't they, where they were trying to do like a blues song or something? Did you see that one? They went. I, I didn't home, see that one. The blues and, yeah, I mean, I saw one episode. It was it was fun, but you know, you think I'm never going to watch that again. You know, I'm not going to follow <laughs> yeah. that. You know? Yeah, um, but that that, w- that seems to be a whole format. It's like let mm. let's let's get the let's get the kind of unfit comedian to yeah. play rugby. And they've done, you know, and with other sportsmen, and it, it's just I don't know. So, it, so, so is your so is your beef with the format, the use of the talent, or the way that they use the content that they've created? Because you kind of said all three in the last minute or so, and is it, I, I guess it, maybe it is a combination of all three. Yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, ultimately, I don't think that any of these things can't exist. Like, I'm not trying to say that there isn't mm. an audience for these things. But at the moment, yeah. it, it feels like they they exist in such to, to the point of saturation where mm. nothing else meaningful from a comedy point of view. I mean, I, I can't... There's been no alternative comedy shows in mm. probably a decade. I can't remember the last time something came out that was... Re- didn't, re- uh, on, didn't Beckett have, I was going to say, didn't Beckett have his own sitcom recently, though? He... What was it? Yeah, he, I I'm he sure there was something on BBC. I don't know if it was uh, BBC main channel, though. But um, he, he definitely had a sitcom recently. I think... I, in my head, I believe it was on bit like a BBC Two or something like that. So I think it was, and I think it was like maybe within in the last year. I'm guessing it didn't do very well because it's no, none not of us can remember it. it. Advertising, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, it does um, ring a bell that he, he'd he'd written something, and I think he wrote and started yeah. it. But I couldn't tell you the premise or anything. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he definitely started it. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I have no idea. I can't, I can't remember that. But there, there was, there was a phase that the BBC go through, or, or used to go through. I don't know if they do it so much as now, but they used to do the Hammersmith Apollo live, or live from the Hammersmith Apollo. Let's get it in the right order. And suddenly, you'd get a group of about ten, fifteen uh, comedians, comedians who would do those shows and then suddenly if if those viewing figures were okay the bbc would then take those each of those men and women and they would mm. try and make them front all these different weird format shows like oh they go back to their own ta- their old town mm. and go go fishing with real fishermen and trawlermen or they or they or they get they get their own sitcom or they get their own panel show it's like it it for some reason they went rather than just getting really good talented pools of writers um who would then cast the right comic actor or comedian in the roles within that you know within that script within that sitcom and then bring it to life the, the bbc have gone through this long phase of just saying oh if if they can do stand up do do really kitsch terrible middle of the road <laughs> inoffensive stand up on <clears throat> apollo live like like james mcintyre who's you know about as funny as a wet wipe but because some old women laughed at him once he he he's forever going to be doing uh quiz shows and being pushed as a as a, as a kind of a leading presenter of all these different things um i'm surprised that he hasn't done his own sitcom um but yeah i, was, I mean yeah. I, I actually i feel i feel a bit wrong because uh, they they did do an adam partridge series didn't they recently which uh, is yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I which is actually this, no. Oh, sorry, sorry, Stu. Carry on. No, no. I was going to say I, I kind of sat on the fence when you asked the first question, but um, I will say this: I do, you know, I do think sitcoms are suffering, and I've got quite a good example that I've been sort of following. Do, do you remember? I think it was 2015, 2016, They the, the BBC did like a landmark sitcom season, and they brought back loads of old shows. I don't know if you remember they they rebooted Porridge. Oh. Do you remember? It yes. was a few yeah, years ago yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, they did. Did now, they do Dad's Army as well? I think they did with a new cast, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah where are the where are where are the cast now? We all we all know the answer to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know those articles you see. Where are the cast now? You know, I've, I've sort of thought yeah, it'd be quite funny to do left. one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the vicar actually. Um, but no, they did a landmark season, and one of the ones they brought back was something I absolutely loved, which was Goodnight Sweetheart. I don't know if you saw that. It was a oh, oh yeah, yeah, with yeah, uh, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. time tra- time traveling sitcom. It was sort of like Back to the Future meets Dad's Army, you know. Um, yeah, I remember that. And yeah. it was, I mean, I loved it. It was a real '90s sitcom. They brought it back, so same writers, same cast. They, unlike some of the reboots, they actually it was a new episode. It moved on ten years or however long it had been off the air. Um, and it mm. did really, really well. Okay, so and I remember I, I did a bit of research before the show. It, it trended on Twitter for something like ten hours or something. You know, people going bring it back properly. You know, um, yeah. now the the two writers who are the same people that did Birds of a Feather, you know, Marks and Gran, 
Um, All right, yeah. I've been following them on Twitter, and basically, there's a huge campaign to bring the show back properly because I think they've got a series written. Obviously, the you know the reboot did really well. Um, they cannot get it commissioned at the BBC, um, and they're quite open about that. They're basically saying, you know, they've said no, and it seems crazy because they've got like you know a show ready to go, a series ready to go. Um, it's been road tested, if you like. You know, it, it got like a massive response when they brought it back. And now, uh, you know, I've been following the campaign, as it were, and they're now talking about taking it to other networks, you know, a bit like Red Dwarf did with Dave or whatever, you know, wherever it reappeared, mm. you know. Um, and it just seems crazy. That you've got two really established writers. I know they're, you know, they're not young writers, you know, they're not fresh perhaps, but there's this show that, you know, has definitely got an audience and they cannot get it commissioned again despite its success yeah Yeah. no i think that says quite a lot and maybe plays more to to your opinion dan you know so i'm gonna sit on the fence i'm gonna jump off the fence a bit and then get back on it and you know perhaps (laughs) jump back off again so i I do agree with you you know (laughs) i I think this goes into talking on uh whatsapp uh around the kind of subject that me and dan and like i think it goes around Toward, leans more towards what I was saying, Dan. Around, you know, at the at the end of the day, like broadcasters are going to put out what they think is going to rate the highest versus what they can do for the cheapest amount of money. Like, you know, they want to get a good want to get a good return on their investment. And I feel like, and I, I don't know this as a fact, but it, it just it, to me it feels like. Them churning out a, a panel show or um, a celebrity version of a format that they already own, or you know something that's kind of tried and tested, feels like a mu- feels like a much less risky proposition than filming uh, a sitcom with you know kind of untested to a certain extent. Even if you get like a you know even if you get like a a well established comedian you don't 100% know that it's going to necessarily do well. Yeah. And, you know, with stuff like, and especially in the in the current climate where people, you know, people are watching panel shows, people are watching, you know, celebrity, I'm a celebrity, whatever it is. And people are consuming these things. And, you know, I feel like the broadcasters are trying to be, you know, risk averse. And they're just going, well, this, you know, got a 2 million rating last season. So let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And we'll just get a different batch, batch of, you know, celebrities or comedians. And and the, the, the term celebrity, I think, is something that's quite easy to come by, much easier to come by than it used to be. Yeah. Because, the, you know, the term celebrity now covers not just, you know, faces that you see on TV, but it's it's influencers, it's, you know, radio personalities. It's uh, someone that was on a reality TV show last season is now a celebrity because they were on TV for six episodes and fell off a cliff or something stupid like that. So it's much easier to come by, you know, someone who is quote unquote a celebrity to, you know, fill up these, you know, panel shows and, you know, and it isn't just comedians, but comedians have been dragged into that, into that thing now where, you know, the only work going isn't writing a show and appearing in it for BBC or BBC Two or ITV. It's the money is appearing on Taskmaster or getting on eight out of ten cats or 
you know, going on, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Like that sort of thing. That's where the money is. So you kind of have to, you know, work with what you got. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. Um, I think one of the kind of problems is that comedians are no longer comedians, especially in this country. They are celebrities. They are treated like celebrities. And I get it. They have to get paid work. But I think what what really upsets me is, you know, I think we've we've discussed this before um, at different times is. When they had BBC Three, um, which was was it was its own channel at one point, making new comedy, and then they kind of what they would do was they would take that comedy and put it on at stupid o'clock <laughs> on the BBC or BBC Two. They, it, it was always late at night, um, and it it just never it would never stand a chance. But there's been some amazing comedies like uh, Young Offenders. Um, what's the one with the, the 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 Irish the Irish girls? The Derry girls. Uh, Derry girls. Derry girls. Yeah. Um, and this country. All of and, and there's there's probably there's probably many more. Oh, oh, people people just do nothing. Oh yeah, and of course. I know so many people who yeah. love these shows. Like that. There, there's definitely an audience for them, but they're always, you know, oh, after the news on a Saturday, so like, <laughs> after the ten o'clock news, the or or a weeknight, eleven eleven p.m. or twelve p.m. or and, and yeah, shows always blow up despite the the lack of investment in promoting them to a certain extent, right? Like yeah. people just do nothing. It just blew up because it's so phenomenally good and they didn't really promote it too heavily when it first came out. And yet it's not, it's not as if they, they've ever got um, a prime time slot on. I'm not saying that that, that sort of comedy should be put on, you know, 8 PM on a Saturday night or 7 PM, but those slots aren't for uh, comedy sitcoms or alternative comedy like that. But, you know, BBC Two, Channel Four, even Channel Five uh, and ITV always used to give, you know, um, fairly good slots for, for com- you know, comedies like that. But for some reason, you know, none of these shows re- really seem to get much love. And they've been made. I mean, these, these have been made. You know, I don't think any of them are particularly high budget. But it, I just find it so strange, you know, that that every every comedy that's been made, um, probably in the last sort of five to ten years, ends up being a cult comedy. I mean, um, I I couldn't believe that Derry Girls. There was a, there, there was so much um, buzz about it. You know, there's so many people talking about it, and I, I find I was so late to the game and 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 watched it finally. You know, probably I think end of last year and and I, I couldn't believe there's only been one season of it i was like i literally thought i was going to start watching it and there would be three seasons but there's not there's one season and i was just like i don't is it, I, and is it is it done now is it there's, there's I, I, I don't know i don't know if there's going to be no. any more but there's been quite a gap between when uh the last season aired 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's it's very strange, but also kind of what upsets me is if you look at um, Sky, for example, they're making some really good comedies like uh, Code. I don't know if either of you have seen Code Four Hundred Four or Intelligence. No, I've not seen those. You see, they're really. I mean, they're really kind of. Well, I think Intelligence is a really old school comedy and it's got Nick Schwimmer from Friends in it who is Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that advertisement, but I've not yeah. actually watched it yet. It, I can't recommend it enough. It, it's fantastic. And David it's also... Schwimmer, you mean not Nick Schwimmer. Oh sorry, David Schwimmer. Right. Yeah. That's, sorry. His, that's his brother. That's his brother that is. His yeah. evil twin. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was getting confused because the writer He's even funnier. <laughs> I think the writer's called Nick Mohammed, who also stars in oh, it. Okay. And he's like okay. an incredibly talented guy. Um, I think he he writes. Not only does he write that se- series, but he and stars in it. But he also stars and and potentially, I'm sure he's involved in the writing of Ted Lasso. I don't know if you heard of that on Apple T. I think it's Apple TV. That one's on. Anyone heard I've of heard that? of Ted it, Lasso? but I, I no, oh, Ted, I have yeah, heard of it. Heard... Yeah, again, I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. There's just too much TV. There's too much stuff to watch now. Maybe this is the problem. But, yeah, it's <laughs> but these are like three, I would say, three really strong comedies. Yeah. That um, that that basically sort sort of UK centric. I don't know if they're completely. Um, well, they're filmed in the UK, so um, and um, and potentially made in the UK. Yet they're on. Can, you know they're on other networks, and it's interesting that, isn't it? It's a shame going back to you started talking about BBC Three. I mean that when that disappeared, I thought that was a real shame. You know, when it came out, it felt it felt really fresh, didn't it? It felt quite accessible, didn't it? As well, you know, they had a big thing about mm. championing new talent and that kind of thing, and it it also felt, I suppose, a little bit alternative. I know that's a strange phrase that we could probably do a whole show debated about what it means but um yeah it's i don't know it reminded me a bit of the early days of sort of channel four almost you know and, but maybe i think daniel oh, yeah. touched that point a little bit maybe it was kind of a a bit of a victim of its own success you know in the sense of because it was alternative i suppose the subject matter probably wasn't appropriate for the prime time although there are examples yeah. of stuff that came out of that you know gavin and stacy i think came from bbc3 didn't it and that was very yeah Oh yeah, time. yeah, good yeah. point. And I think that crossed over. BBC, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say BBC are pretty good, relatively good with that in terms of if they do, because they did, they've done that a few times where something blows up on like one of their minor channels, and if it does does well enough, it then gets pushed up to like you know a BBC two, and then and sure. you know and so on and so forth. Um, I think going back to what I was saying about as well, the broadcasters being risk averse. I think. You know your Apple TVs, your Netflix, all that kind of stuff. They, I think, there's a level of there's a level of um, because they're obviously private companies, organisations, whatever. There's a level of them being able to take those risks and be able to, you know, you know, spend money on new and crazy and weird content in an, in an attempt, obviously, to you know get as many subscribers as possible, that sort of thing. 
I think, you know, with the likes of the BBC and ITV and Channel 4 as well, they have to be, they have to really be careful what they spend their money on because they, because of the way they're run or the way, or the, you know, where their income comes from in terms of, in terms of TV license, money and all that kind of stuff. They have to be extra careful where each, I don't know, the, you know, questionable many, uh, management practices going on in all three organizations, but I think they just have to be extra careful. So they can't, I, you know, they have to be really careful where they, you know, invest their money in. And that's why they tend to go for, you know, the stuff that's worked before and they don't want to take too much of a punt on anything if it's not, you know, tried and tested. And I think that's why the BBC three thing works so well. It's, you know, having that kind of proven ground to see if something can really take off and then you can kind of back it and put more money into it. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's like um, using a wrestling <laughs> metaphor. It's like NXT. That, that's what it was. Oh, it was no, like... don't get me started. NXT. Oh, yeah. We don't want to go. Yeah, it's right. not going to go. Carry But yeah, it was a proving ground. And and I know, I know we we're sort of talking about the BBC and, you know, BBC Two, but, you know, Channel 5, ITV and Channel 4, they all have advertising um, revenue, you know. So, I, I mean, Channel 4, for me, it, you know, they had some of the best, they've, they've had some of the best comedies over, over my lifetime. And it, it feels strange that more often than not, I mean... I think Channel Four and E Four, they seem to they they buy. It's obviously cheaper to buy U.S. kind of sitcom licenses because um, if you t- if you if you put E Four or Channel Four on at any at any given time, you will inevitably be watching a rerun of The Big Bang Theory, <laughs> uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, <laughs> There's or the, what's the one with the, uh, the 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 family? I've forgotten the names. Uh, anyway. Everybody loves Raymond. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they, they say they save the really old sitcoms for the mornings. Oh yes, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, for early mornings, anyway. Um, yeah. But um, the Goldbergs, that was what I was thinking oh. of. But, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And you know, again, I don't, I don't dislike any of those things, but hmm. they are, you know. The every every one of these series, apart from Brooklyn Nine Nine, I think, which is still going, um, but you know they they finished ten years ago, and mm. they're just milking the the, the living mm. crap mm. out of them. Yeah, I mean, cash yeah, I mean, even Channel Four, uh, sorry, Channel Five. You know, they they've been showing they bought the the rights to show Friends, didn't they? So they've been showing that on. <laughs> oh, have they? Yeah, mm. every. Do you know what? I thought Channel Five only showed Home and Away and like some Eddie Stobart's trucking stories, or like <laughs> they've got neighbours, interceptors. They've got neighbours as, well. oh, as well now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought those were the only things that they showed that wasn't like a news show. Like Channel, I've, I literally have no idea what Channel Five shows. <laughs> but I think you know, if you use the, use the example of gritty crime thrillers that there seems to have been um a real effort by all all major channels so so 
all five ha- have been now turning a lot of their budget and attention to trying to make the next line of duty because mm. a lot of those um uh, yeah a lot of those programs have have found uh, you know a really big audience you know they they mm. they're the typical round the water cooler you know discussing what's happened and you know the, the big reveal you know the thriller the 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 who done it style shows now they they kind of gone all in on that and i'm like and those some of those shows have fairly considerable budget if you put that if you compare that to a panel show for sure or, or a lot of the reality tv shows and i'm kind of like well hmm. if they can do that and they can do <laughs> I, I just don't see why they can't they they can't take uh, a risk again and say okay let, let let's let's try and let's try and do a really good comedy because I know sorry I just remembered this uh, we actually talked probably I don't know if TJ you were on that podcast you may have been but we we mm. talked with Dennis about the fact that back in the day and I'm sure Stu you you would have. Um, You'd have some uh, some knowledge and facts about this, but back in the day, things like Only Fools and Horses hmm. bombed massively when they first came out. Like I think the uh-huh. first season of Only Fools and Horses was incredibly—I wouldn't say unpopular, but just didn't have much of an audience. I, I did read that. A few, yeah. Sorry, Dan, quite, I didn't quite, mean to cut over you. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's cool. Um, quite a few. I think quite a few of the the big sitcoms. There might have been more. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say. I've, I remember reading yeah. there was a, a bit more of a trend back then to, you know, give shows a chance. You know, to give them a second season. You know, it didn't it wasn't you know first foul and you're out kind of thing. You know, and I did read Falls and Horses is a good example because it didn't really get going until about the third series in terms of popularity. And then, I mean, we all remember when it was really big. And then I think a lot of people, mm. you know, mid-80s, then went back and rewatched, you know, the early ones. They didn't even really remember the first mm. time around, you know. But I think there's a bit more of a, you know, one strike and you're out sort of... Uh, cancel culture. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't even know if, I don't even know if it's cancel culture, to be honest. I mean, you look at the competition back then to the competition now, like you're competing with, like back then you were competing with, BBC Two, ITV, and Channel Four. Yeah, and that was kind of it. And it now you're competing world, with it? Sky, Netflix, Apple, uh, Prime TV, Hulu, Disney Plus. Like, there's so much competition out there. So if something if something doesn't blow up pretty much instantaneously, that's if you decide to take a risk and it doesn't blow up, then are you going to keep pumping money into that or? You know, while everyone else is tuning off and watching what's on any of the other 500 different competitors, or are you going to stick with the stuff that you know gets a kind of a steady two, three million people in each week? And you know, there's got there's you know, there's that base audience there that's always going to tune in for that that thing that's easy for you to do. Also, remember if you <clears throat> if you're making a a panel show, there's you know, it's a format that's tried and said, or I keep saying panel shows all like, you know, celebrity reality, reality TV show, whatever it is. It's a format that is tried and tested quite steady. It's a basically, it's a steady paycheck, essentially. Mm-hmm. 
it's a format that everyone knows how to make production wise you know there's no it's it's you know low risk relatively high reward i use that term in the, in the whatsapp group <laughs> but I know, but I didn't mean in terms of you know they're going to get 16 million people you know watching mock the week or something but you know it's it's i i i, I can as much as i so i agree with you dan in terms of it it's a shame that we're not seeing as big an investment into the sitcoms as we used to but at the same time i the sad reality is i can kind of see why it's not happening at the moment because I, because I, I think, because I genuinely think, like you said, you know, your example is like, like everyone's trying to make a line of duty, and they're, you know, trying to find that next big thing that people can latch onto. I genuinely think this whole thing is cyclical, and I think there will be another boom for the for sitcoms again. It's just that you know, when that, you know, what's going to be the trigger for that to happen? I don't know, but I, I think that they're going to come back around again at some point. I hope you're right. I mean, it's interesting you say that because I. Before the show, I was looking up, um, I'm sure you know this, but BBC Three, they're talking about bringing it back as a TV channel, not an online channel. Right. Yeah. If you have a look on the Wikipedia page, it says it's part of the, I, I, I mean, don't quote me, it's part of the five-year plan or something, you know. But it's interesting. Mm. I had a, a, an interesting thought about budgets. You see, I was thinking about this before because it's no secret that sitcoms are expensive everybody knows that you know and i was trying to find out a sort of average price and i was googling around and even 10 years ago people were the stuff on message boards where people are saying you know an average sitcom episode in the uk was you know hundreds of thousands of pounds to make you know so but then Mm. i started to think i mean obviously it makes you think you know reality shows are cheap and that's kind of the you know the reputation they've got but as these people get bigger and bigger, you know, the, the stars they have on them and the fees that they must, uh, you know, request, they can't be that cheap to make, can they? <laughs> you, know, you know, like, well, I guess you know, it depends on the talent you're getting, right? Which true, is why, yeah. which is why I say that the, the farm, sorry to, to get denigrate, you know, people who are celebrities, but the farm of celebrities has, is constantly growing, isn't it? Yeah, with yeah. you know like I say with you know say for instance you're you know you've got someone who's like a YouTube influencer who's got 10 million listeners like that person's never been on TV but they've got 10 million followers so you're thinking oh so if I get this person on TV you know and I get a portion of those people watching my TV show because hey DJ Crazy Cat that's a really terrible name sorry um is <laughs> is now going to be on uh I'm a celebrity so even if I get a portion of his YouTube followers jumping onto TV to watch his antics that would be great and I can pay him you know 20 grand for for the week whereas if I go to I don't know uh Lenny Henry and say hey can you come and be on my celebrity get me out of here thing I'm going to have to pay him 5 million mm like you know, it's so. Uh, I, 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 hang on a minute. Are, are you Lenny Henry's agent? I'm pu- I'm pulling those numbers out of my ass. I have no idea how much Lenny Henry will cost. <laughs> but it's so. I, I I think yeah. I think that landscape of like, this is why the, like the the term celebrity is so cheap now, man. Like mm. you literally just need to go viral and you're a celebrity. You know, it's it's mm. the the avenue for becoming famous uh, in the world now is it's it's crazy easy and it's and that's and i think that's also conflated with why we're seeing so much of these panel shows and 
you know, reality TV shows and all that stuff is because it's so easy now to get, to draw, to get people to appear on it. Not, not just regular people, like, and then just go, you know, hey, it's a celebrity version of this thing that we've been doing for, you know, X amount of time. So, yeah, it's, it's, interesting, isn't it? yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a sad indictment of television. No, but, you know, it, I, I mean, people have been entertained by it. So, you know, who are we to judge? I think where, it, it's interesting. It... Oh, sorry, Dan. Go, go, Stu. No, no, I was going to say your 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 bit at the start, Dan, about all the, you know, the the crazy shows that now exist or you know could possibly exist. It reminded me a bit of that um, speech. Do you remember Alan Partridge in one of his series? He was pitching all these crazy uh, TV ideas. It was like <laughs> yeah. monkey tennis and all that kind of stuff. But I think you know. <laughs> He'd obviously t- thought about this, you know, before. But the one that really made me mm. smile recently, and I ended up watching it, was um, there's that fishing show at the moment, isn't there, with uh, Bob Mortimer and uh, what's his <laughs> name? What? Yeah, where they go all, uh, all around Paul the UK. Whitehouse. Paul Whitehouse, yeah, of course. And I was just like, where is this? I mean, the sad thing is I found myself watching it and quite enjoyed it. Sorry, um, sorry, sorry. Explain they... the premise of this show to me. I've never, I've never heard this before. <laughs> it's, I think it's called Paul and Bob Gone Fishing, and they just stand around. <laughs> it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, they they chat in a car, or they, they stand around fishing. Literally no shit. thought went into that into that <laughs> title or no. format, was it? There was, no. just, there was someone just standing in the pub and went, wouldn't it be great if we just filmed the show of us fishing? It's cool. basic, that's basically it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Fly on the wall, they yeah. they stay in like a tent or I saw one of the barge <laughs> and they cook dinner and it's I like both of them individually and the stuff I've done in yeah. the past. Yeah. I found myself watching it actually the reason I watched it because it there was a show that was uh, somewhere I knew, you know, the area. So it kind of interested mm. me. But then at the end of it, you know, and you feel a bit like this is a really weird concept for a television show, you know. It's a, <laughs> it's, it just it's makes just you wonder how far mates. can you go? Just hanging out and yeah. Yeah. Have Have you both seen the trip? Uh, oh, not with uh, Rob. Um, uh, yeah, Who's Biden, the, uh, Steve and Coogan. Partridge. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I did see an episode yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. And again, that, I tend that to was watch, really, yeah. really weird because it's like meta because it's. It's like they're making something similar to the whole, um, you know, Paul and Bob gone fishing thing. Mm. They're they're making like a travel show where they they go and and they're supposed to review restaurants, but mm. that's that's fake. It's like a fake docudrama, not docudrama, yeah, fake docu series or travel show that then. Yeah, it's like it's it's, it's so it blurs, strange. It blurs, it blurs reality and, and yeah, yeah, because, and yeah, because most of the time they it's a bit like Kirby enthusiasm. They they a lot of it's unscripted. They ad lib, but mm. they're they're being themselves within the concept of something scripted, which is is a really weird concept. But it you know it, it did well, and I think. Um, it, it's interesting that kind of when we talk about you know things falling off the BBC, mm. um, you know Steve Coogan and all the the, the various different writers like Imano Inanucci, 
um, and the you know obscene amounts of talent that used to write, um, you know, for the Alan Partridge shows, mm. that they stopped commissioning that. So he, you know, those writers and those actors had to go to Sky, um, and they and Sky started doing Alan Partridge. I think it was actually Foster's who gave them some funding to do um, a series of kind of fake Alan Partridge uh, radio shows in order to, to promote Foster's beer. And <laughs> it was so successful and had such a big audience and such a big response that then Sky started making uh, like a miniseries. And then, and then, and then it, it spiraled from there because obviously they, they, they kept making shows with um, Steve Coogan and Tim Key. It was a different dynamic, different different kind of uh, part of the whole Alan Partridge uh, kind of character timeline. And then, of course, and then the BBC brought Alan Partridge back and they did the, um, the, the kind of uh, docu-spin-off version of... Uh, what's it's like the oh, one it's like show, the one show it? wasn't it yeah that was that was yeah. i enjoyed that show that was good yeah 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 and it's very it... good but it's interesting oh, that good. you know those writers who are some of the the biggest writers and successful comedians and writers that have, that have ever been part of you know bbc sitcom lore mm. uh, you know and ended up having to 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 take that show to Sky and and even and Red Dwarf, I can kind of understand because Red Dwarf has always had a budget, even though they kind of their their special effects budget is so tried and tested, and they they do it on a shoestring. But obviously, mm. it still has a you know they still have some kind of budget, and and they you know they had to go uh, to Dave and get funding there to carry on, and they've got oh, a rabid, Dave. yeah, exactly, and they've got a rabid <laughs> fan base. And he, and Taskmaster going the other way. Taskmaster ran for I don't know something like six or seven seasons on Dave and had a cult following before it. Then finally, Channel Four went, "Oh yeah, all right." Um, <laughs> and I think I think in the first season that aired on Channel Four, Greg Davis had a letter, had the original letter or the original rejection letter, I think it was, from Channel Four saying that they they didn't like the show format, they didn't think it had a future. Um is it Greg Davis's original concept then? Um I don't know if it's him specifically, oh, okay. um, but it, it it could have been hmm. it could have been, you know, he could have been part of the the, the creative yeah. force behind it. But but probably, you know, I think uh, I th- I think he's he's had a lot of um issues getting sitcoms made because um mm-hmm. even We've talked about this one before. He did did Man Down, and I always remember that that was on Odd Times. It was really quite a hard sitcom to follow because even though they somehow managed to do, I think they did four seasons of it. Like it, I, I remember just catching it at really odd times, and I was like, "What's this? Oh, hang on, this has got Rick Mail in it. What, what the hell?" Oh, he played his dad, um, didn't he? In it, yeah, 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 hmm. and it. And only when it came onto Netflix did I did I actually watch the series, mm. um, and I was like, "This is actually strangely awesome. It's a really good season, <laughs> series." It took a while; it takes a lot of it takes a lot to kind of get into it. But um, 
Yeah, it's he's, it, it's he's crosses over actually a lot, doesn't he, Greg Davis? Actually, he's he's an example of someone who, you know, he's obviously quite well known for panel shows, but he's obviously, I suppose, he was in the Inbetweeners as well. Did you watch Cuckoo? I mean, that was yeah. a great series. I don't know if you that. I never saw that. Right no. That that's worth. I, I like the first. Time. Yeah, I like the first season because it's got the guy from um, it's Andy Samberg. That's it from. Yeah. yeah. The show you mentioned earlier, um, the cop uh, show, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Lonely oh, Island. Okay. Yeah, so I thought that was good, but then the later seasons had the guy from Twilight in it. Is that right? It you? did. Yeah, it did. Um, can't think of his name. The uh, Robert Pattinson. No, the other one, the six pack guy. Um, Wolfman. Six pack guy. <laughs> he was famous for his six pack. Yeah, I can't think of his name. Um, but yeah, they switched the the main it's the fit abs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then it was a bit. Yeah, I don't. I don't, didn't. I didn't like it as much. much oh, really? After yeah. that, yeah, didn't. He's actually. I mean, he's surprisingly good. You wouldn't think he, he could kind of pull off that sort of comic acting because obviously he's been a straight actor in in films. Whereas you know Andy Samberg is. Mm. You know, he's he's now pretty much comedy legend status. Yeah, so it's understandable that he's funny. So I don't know if we've come to a consensus, but I think from what you've both said, we're we we're we're kind of making allowances for why panel shows, why celebrity uh TV shows and reality TV has its place, you know, both because it clearly has an audience and it clearly has a lower risk and lower budget threshold than a lot of sitcoms, but I think we all miss them. Yeah. I and think they'll hope- come back. I, I have faith that they'll come back. Um, you know, cause there's still, I mean, even though they've died down a bit, there's still great stuff that's kind of sprung up every now and then. Like you say, you know, the, People just do nothing. Well, they just did a film of that, didn't they? There's a movie, yeah, of course. Yeah, recently, yeah, they did, they, did a, they did a feature film. And, you know, I think there's, you know, in the, you know, if they bring back BBC Three, you know, there'll probably be something that pops up out of that. Um, you know, whether they're going to reach the heights of where they were in the 70s and 80s remains to be seen simply because, you know, TV habits are very, very different now. And, you know, grabbing enough of a percentage of an audience to warrant getting on mainstream, or sorry, a primetime slot is hella difficult. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know that they will necessarily grab your primetime slots as they did before, but I think, you know, I think they'll, I think there'll be stuff that kind of bubbles up to the surface and... And does it say? I mean, it's interesting okay. that we were saying about habits changing, you know, the fact that there is all these streaming services, et cetera, you know, that there's more outlets, isn't there? So, you know, I mean, they, I mean, mm. they are, there are some great shows on there, but it should also yeah, create loads sure. of great opportunities for lots of other great shows, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful it'll come back. Can I, can I ask you both one final question? First, you, Stu, what, what recent comedy, What's a recent comedy that you've you've really loved and that you'd recommend? 
I'll tell you what my favourite in recent years is, and it's actually on BBC Two. And I've got a funny feeling neither of you saw it because not a lot of, well, it won a BAFTA, but not a lot of people I speak to seem to have seen it, which is Mum. Do you know that sitcom? It had um, Leslie Manville, and it was written by, I don't know his name, but it was written by the same people as, um, or same person that wrote him and her. It was a really interesting one. It was played quite straight. It was, um, it was interesting. It was basically a, it started off with a, sort of 60 year old woman who recently lost her husband and it was a kind of uh it centered around like a moral dilemma um it was so her former husband's or ex-husband's um best friend it was a kind of like well should they get together you know the whole sort of moral dilemma around that uh, okay um yeah. but it was played really really straight and it had it's weird it's one of those shows i just happened to catch on don't sound very it, funny. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, this is the thing. It was played. It was played. It it, it, it shouldn't be because they didn't have like loads of. It's really weird. It was more in the sort of Gavin and Stacey sort of space, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't quite as. It was, didn't really have like the grotesque characters, if you like. You know, it was very straight. It was very drama. Yeah. But it was it had like. So it was much the humour was born out of the reality of it or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. And I tell you what, it did. Which, yeah, I mean, it was a really nice trick they did actually, which was I think it ran for three seasons. They every episode moved on the timeline moved quite far ahead it was it was done sort of in months okay. over like a year um oh. it, it's really worth a watch and it and it's one of the ones that's that's worth sticking with but it, it kind of it broke the mold for me a little bit because i found myself watching it thinking i was watching a drama series and then <laughs> i found myself laughing and realized you know as i say one of bafta I, I highly recommend it um and i mean loads of other shows on Netflix, etc., you know, pops up that mm. I've been watching over the last few years. But that's the one that I would say kind of made me think the sitcom still exists, if you know what I mean. There's still a place for it. Mm. Okay, good call. TJ? Um, see, I'm not sure how recent it is, but like when it, the moment I, I think of um, like British sitcom and something that's like stuck with me and I would recommend anyone to go and find it and, and watch it. it actually 10 years ago bloody hell um was a phone shop that was uh, on <laughs> channel four like I genuinely I think you know I, I love comedy shows and and whatnot but I think that show is the one that I've gone back and repeat watched probably more than well maybe I mean the only other one I've probably watched more times repeatedly has been Blackadder. But yeah, just phone shop, just kind of, I just so the performances in it, just the characters reminding me of people that I know or have known, like stuff like that. And just like seeing that, that high street setting and everyone's been into a phone shop. Everyone's met the characters that are in there or seen the characters that are, that are in, that are in the show. And, um, and yeah, just it, I, it just always resonated with me. Like if me and my partner get home and a bit drunk and just like I'll just throw something on for a laugh, stick on phone shop. Like it's yeah, it's um, yeah, that's that's one that's definitely stuck with me, and I would recommend anyone to seek it out and find it. I think it's on all four, still on all four. So it's interesting yeah, you mentioned that because I've, I've never 
I've never actually watched an episode of it, but I've seen tons of clips. You know, you see them on Facebook and stuff. You know, yeah, there's on, loads of all over YouTube. Awful. Yeah, and everything I've seen looks brilliant. You know, I, it's one of the ones that I've sort of put on my mental list to to, to watch at some point. It does look great. You know, and I can yeah. see why it's yeah, relatable. It you know, it's something you can relate yeah. to if you've worked in that kind of environment. Over, you know, I'm sure we all have done those sort of jobs. Yeah, and, or something similar. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So while. And that's an amazing recommendation. Um, and I'm going to check that out myself because same, same as Stu, I've seen a lot of clips and kind of adverts for it and always thought I really need to watch this and then for some reason never have. But 10 years ago, I'm talking about recent sitcoms. There must be, a, there must be something you have seen in the last, say, the last two years that's caught your eye. Last two years, blimey. Um yeah. Does it have to be Brit? Does it have to be British? <laughs> kind of. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, you know, I, I mentioned it already. You know, people just do nothing and get. You know, that that was in the last couple of years. That's probably one yeah. that kind of jumps out. Uh, jumps out at me again. You know, knowing. I, I guess maybe it's a, it's another one of those ones where it's. You know, you see characters in there that you recognise from your you know a former life or people that you know and and that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's definitely one that that would immediately spring to mind. I'm trying to think what else of recent times. Um, yeah, so have neither of you with. have neither of you seen Young Offenders, Derry Girls, or This Country? My 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 partner raved about Derry Girls. She said it was absolutely brilliant. Really enjoyed that one. And this, yes, actually, This Country is a great shout as well. I've seen you? bits of both of them. Yeah. I, I... Again, I've Derry Girls and This Country. I've watched the odd episode. I've enjoyed it for some reason. I haven't sat and um, you know watched them in sequence. But so I did catch the other night. I was in King Gary. That looked quite funny. Yes, actually, yeah. That that's one s- series which I think it's on quite late. It's on again. I caught it at a funny time, and it looked quite yeah, good. I it... think it was halfway through the second season or something. But I thought that looked like it was worth investing a bit of time in, perhaps. Yeah, a couple of people have mentioned that that's. Uh, that it's not terrible, but but I like. I think, I think if if you put that side by side, any kind of eighties or nineties or even early noughties sitcom, it it wouldn't be like it, it's not going to make anyone's top ten list. But I think admirably, admirably, the fact that they they've actually done. Uh, a proper family sitcom format. Mm. Um, and they've tried, and they've got some good comic actors and comedians I in it. I think Romish is in it, isn't he? Romish. He is, yeah. yeah. I, I like Romish, but, oh, man, it's like... I swear to God, there was one evening, I he, he was on something on BBC. He was on something on Sky One. He was on something on BBC Two. <laughs> All within, you know, at the same time, um, as well as overload. (laughs) Yeah, and it's just like, and and I think that that's sort of what irritates me is it the BBC has this horrendous tendency. They're they're doing it with Greg Davis now, and I love Greg Davis, but it feels like they're now, you know, he he's he's built up a lot of well-earned kind of um, praise and. 
mileage and rope. You know, he he's he's earned his place. But if they if they keep putting him in multiple programs, because he he's just done that season that series called um, where he's like a crime scene cleaner. I think it's called the cleaner. Um, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know if is if it's meant to be a sitcom or it's just one of those kind of random uh, short form sort of mini series. I, I don't know what if it's supposed to be comedy or not. But he's in that, mm-hmm. and he's also going to be the host of um, Never Mind the Buzzcocks, which again is a really oh, good reboot, comedy yeah. panel show. Which started off, it was there purely for the, you know. To, to be uh, a comedy vehicle for a lot of different stars, a bit like um, what's the one? Oh, Shooting Stars, funnily enough. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah Channel Four canned it, and now it's, it's being and, made by yeah. Sky. Sky, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are they bringing but any of the original right. people back? Panels? They're not bringing. Them. Well, uh, no, no, no Fieldings in it. Oh yeah, all right, okay. Yeah, so no Fieldings, one of the. So yeah. I know he wasn't one of the original um, uh, panel show. What do you call them? Cap team captains. Yeah. So he yeah. wasn't the original, but later on he he did take over. So at least he's kind of one of the one of the the, the kind of surviving cast members. But um, who did it originally? Was it Mark um, Lamar? Oh, no, Mark Lamar. Yeah, Mark Lamar, and then it was Simon, Simon Anstall. Yeah. Did it for a while, didn't he? Yeah, he was a good awesome, show though, wasn't it? In his day, awesome. I mean. I'm sure, it'll yeah. work. I mean, if they I, just follow the same format, I think it'll probably work. This is, mean, yeah. yeah, I think so. And this is why I'm, I'm, I'm t- kind of creeping this kind of conversation that way to sort of nostalgia because I do think if if things like that start to succeed and they're being they're bringing the Big Breakfast back, um, are they? Oh. Yeah, yeah. They run out of episodes of Everybody Loves Raymond. Then must be. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's seen Cheers, Fraser. They did a pilot, didn't they? The Big Breakfast. Oh, yeah, Fraser. This week, it was on. It was on yeah, this so week, that, wasn't it? The Big Bre- yeah, yeah. Or last week. Exactly, and that that's more like a traditional. You know, it, ha- it usually has a lot of comedy to it. It's a lot. It's much more light-hearted than you know, does and less serious. I don't. I don't know if the format will stay the same as it as it as it did when you had people like Chris Evans and Johnny Vaughan doing it. Um, but I hope so. But I'm really hoping that some of these things that kind of reignite a bit of nostalgia and people start to sort of say, oh, you know, hey, there, there, there is an audience for this sort of thing. Are you yeah, it'd be interesting. Oh, sorry. sorry. I was just No, I was just going to say... Go on, go on, sorry. No, 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 go on, go on. No, I, know, I was just wondering, like, nostalgia is an interesting thing, right? Because it's great. it's great as a as a short term, like, Oh, remember that thing, but is it sustainable? You mean um, like, are things as good as you remember them? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, if you, if you had like a one-off, Hey, big breakfast with Chris Evans and Gabby Roslin and all the rest of it. Sure. We'd all tune in to watch that. Right. But if they said they were going to bring back that format, like, you know, what I, I, don't I know. why wouldn't I, don't know. I mean you and I well all three of us you know we're big film fans yeah. and I would say ninety percent of films that get made even even TV series based on films is completely tapping into 
different uh, forms of nostalgia. So I don't know why sure. that wouldn't uh, uh, work for TV shows. Oh, no, no, yeah. I, I, yeah. And I, I was more commenting specifically on a Big Breakfast type show. Yeah. Rather than nostalgia type show. Because they're bringing back like Games Masters coming back apparently as well. I wish it really. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so. I but like yeah like I I was more commenting on specifically on that simply because again it's like I don't know that's that's a tough I don't know I don't know about that one okay yeah I yeah know. I mean you're right I we'll, mean, see. we'll see ultimately if they do the big breakfast and it's not a patch you know that they don't they don't nail it it doesn't it doesn't they the, the format doesn't work because society as a whole attitudes, tastes, cancel culture, snowflake culture, whatever it is. Well, who's got time to watch breakfast TV as well? Well, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but if it doesn't if it doesn't work because, you know, I, I remember I remember I, you know, I, I I was we were probably in our early oh god, we were probably like late teens, early 20s when that was on and yeah. maybe that's see so you were at, at uh, uni college or whatever. Yeah, you were wake, you were you were just lying in bed all morning anyway. So you had plenty of time to watch a big breakfast. <laughs> yeah, and that's things the thing like it, you know they yeah. they had like they always had funny like um they they would get people to call in and then they would do really silly uh kind of game show mini mini kind of yeah. game shows like get your knobbly nuts out and yeah it's it's quite puerile but at the time. It worked. I don't. I don't know now. If yeah. Does that does that sort of comedy work in twenty twenty one? Yeah. Like you could get where. Well, even though a lot of it was. Yeah. I think people's sensitivity and tolerance for certain things, especially at seven thirty in the morning yeah. on a Tuesday. And I don't. Think it's going to be slightly different. And I don't Is think it on just on turn. Tuesdays? No, 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 no. I was, I was, just, I was just saying that. Very specific. At 7.31 on a Tuesday morning. Oh, I don't know if I like my novelty nuts out. But I don't think people would, would tune into like a TV channel to get that sort of fix, as it were. I think mm. that's probably all on like YouTube and stuff now, that kind of sort of silliness, yeah. as it were. You know? and, um, yeah, that's a really good point, isn't it? I mean, let's face it. How much uh, of sort of comedy sketches and and kind of skits and and kind of really short form comedy do we all consume basically through youtube through social media through you know through through other formats rather than tv and this and this is what i mean about nostalgia it's like a lot of those a lot of the things that we know and loved from back in the day worked because quite frankly we didn't have that much choice Let's yeah. face it, you know, we were getting all of our comedy from a BBC or from a BBC2 or ITV or whatever. Now there's so many different outlets where you can get that quick hit of, you know, people falling over doing stupid stuff or, you know, whatever it is that why do I need to sit down and watch a show at, you know, at a specific time anymore when I can just get everything I need entertainment wise from a million different sources. So, you know, that's why I think the nostalgia stuff works for like a one hit. Hey, you remember this thing? It's great. Rather than a, yeah, we're going to bring back this show consistently and it's going to, you know. They they actually the did it. They did it for TGI Friday as well, didn't they? They did one yeah, off. They, they, yeah, there's a one off one. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's perfectly fine. I think that's, you know, that sort of thing 
for me definitely works. But yeah, and get TGI T five Friday coming back as a regular <laughs> six o'clock, whatever it is, start to the weekend. No one's no one's around for that. They tend to no, burn not, out, don't not they? On a regular basis. I've noticed yeah. when they bring bring shows back as well, you know, it's really great, isn't it, for the first couple of episodes and you can see the ratings start to plummet, can't you, after that and yeah. people sort of they like, get their nostalgia fix and then and then it kind of tapers off. Get out, bit. yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Attention span think, of the human being nowadays is dwindling. I was gonna yeah. say I think it's got yeah. less and less. Maybe it has, you know. You know, yeah. with 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 entertainment perhaps, you know. Yeah, for sure. You, you guys both like, missed you... my pun. Go on. My was pun it, as well. Because like, well, TGI Fridays just when I go for a burger. But anyway. Oh, because, yeah. <laughs> I must be honest, I did hear TGI, but I didn't want to correct you. I didn't realise it was intentional. <laughs> yeah, I, was I, think I, it, I think I said it. I think I said it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's made me hungry, though. Um, nice. Go, so go for the, a quick the wing TGI. It's a TGI oh, Fridays still exist. Does TGI still exist? The restaurant. That's not what we're talking about. I think now. it does. It does. I think maybe. it does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's still still going strong. Ubiquitous, as they say. Oh yeah. god, we're going well off piece now. <laughs> know, Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so so I invite back on. <laughs> so I think we could we could safely wrap up. But before we do, uh, Stu, is there anything else you you want to vent your spleen about in the 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 spectrum of comedy before um, we go not in the spectrum of comedy but just to say i've really enjoyed it it's been a real pleasure um i'm a big fan of the show dan <laughs> you know that no no i listen to you guys a lot and uh it's been a real pleasure but uh final word yeah i hope i hope we're right i hope it does come back you know the the demand for a good sitcom where's the next big sitcom i suppose is the question it's a big question well, and it's been a pleasure to have you Thank you. Um, yeah. It really has. But TJ, any, any final remarks? Um, no. So just to echo Stu, I think you know, I I'm hopeful. I think that there's there's stuff out there. I think it's you know, it, it, it it's just about finding different ways to you know get those new shows across to people. You know, people are consuming stuff in different ways now. Um, it's in some ways easier, but also harder to find good stuff, if that makes any sense, because there's so many different options. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to miss things. Um, but I think, you know, there's a lot more avenues for creative people to get their stuff out there. So, you know, good stuff's out there and it will continue to, to keep going, I think. And yeah, long may it continue. What about you, Dan? Any last final words you want to grace our listeners with well it, it's funny you should say that uh mr tj because I, i've prepared a little um a little speech speech uh, you say in the hope that some of the commissioners directors and executives working for the bbc itv channel 4 and even channel 5 might on some weird planet or you know strange alternative universe actually be listening to this podcast but um as unlikely, listeners, as, mate. <laughs> as unlikely as that is i still would like to address them i want to make british comedy great again so i say to all of the above all the people that are responsible for commissioning those shows 
Stop your never-ending run of panel shows, celeb reality TV and weak concept quiz shows. We, the public, have had enough. Stop filling primetime airtime with reruns. Bring back the great British sitcom. Show America that we invented alternative comedy. The family sitcom was our creation. It was the British that gave the world the award-winning sitcoms out there, such as Only Fools and Horses, Porridge, Open All Hours, Father Ted, Blackadder, The Good Life, Ab Fab, Red Dwarf, Alo Alo, Dad's Army, Mr Bean, Inbetweeners, Gavin and Stacey, and literally thousands more. We set left-filled alternative cult and satirical comedy sitcoms like Father Ted, The Young Ones, Bottom, Citizen Smith, Forty Towers, Peep Show, The Day to Day, Brasside, Black Book, Space, Phoenix Night, Men Behaving Badly, I'm Alan Partridge, Ramsey Nesbitt, Still Game, Dark Place, and Toast of England. We set those free. Britain gave birth to knuckle-bitingly funny sketch shows such as The Fast Show, Naked Video, Big Train, Harry Enfield and Chums, Little Britain, Not the Nine O'Clock News, Spit and Image, we gave the world comedy docudramas like The Office, The Thick of It, Extras, People Just Do Nothing in This Country, surrealist comedy shows such as Monty Python, The Goodies, The Mighty Bush, Luxury Comedy and, and Time Trumpet. We have always had the best comic talent the world has ever seen, from comedy partnerships like Laurel and Hardy, Morecambe and Wise, The Two Ronnies, Cannon and Ball, Pete and Dud, Smith and Jones, French and Saunders, Fry and Laurie, We've had some of the best leading men and women, such as Ken Dodd, Bob Monkhouse, Les Dawson, Lenny Henry, Joe Brand, Ruby Wax, Lee Evans, Tommy Cooper, Miranda Hart, Kenny Everett, Stephen K. Amos and Alexis Sale. But now, the cream of British comic talent is sat on panels trying to give funny answers, or on judging panels, or making dicks of themselves on reality TV shows. Our rich history made us the untouchable king when it came to comedy talent, ideas and execution. But now every quiz show fronted by Danny Dyer, Michael McIntyre or Paddy McGuinness, every panel show or challenge-based shenanigans fronted by comedians who used to be famous for being funny makes our crown slip further. We spent thousands of hours of primetime television on a man dressed as a mildly racist old lady or reality TV shows fronted by comedians and celebrities who should know better. The Americans have overtaken us. Even some of the funniest British shows are being lost to Sky One, Netflix or Amazon. But all is not lost. There is still time for the great British sitcom to rise and come back again from the ashes. Comedy can once again challenge, excite and most of all make the great British public laugh again. If you, the big TV stooges out there, listen and take action. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to TJ and our special guest, Stu, for coming on the episode. It's been a pleasure to talk comedy and sitcoms with you. I'm out of breath. I'm all done. I need a nap. See you soon on the next episode of Close Encounters of the Nerd Kind. It's been a pleasure. Bye. Bye. Thank you.